recorded live from around British Columbia, Canada. This is Ramsey Theory. No strangers at this party. In this program, students of Ramsey Theory investigate the deepest questions in the field and dig into the lives of the most notable modern theorists. The podcast is hosted by Simon Fraser University, which is located on the unceded traditional territories of the Tsleil-Waututh, Coquitlam, Skomish, and Musqueam nations. This podcast was made possible by the students of Simon Fraser University's Ramsey Theory Course, led by Dr. Vaselin Yungich, who is also the producer of this series, as well as funding from the Math Catcher Outreach Program. Stay tuned because this is Ramsey Theory, no strangers at this party. And welcome everyone to Ramsey Theory, no strangers at this party. My name is Brian and I will be hosting this podcast today with my partners, Amritha. Hello everyone. And Anmol. Hello. We are undergraduate students at Simon Fraser University in British Columbia studying mathematics. And we hope to learn more about math, Ramsey theory, and of course, notable Ramsey theorists through this podcast. I'm an engineering student at SFU, majoring in systems engineering and minoring in mathematics. I am from India and have been here in Canada for about five years. Mathematics is a subject that I have enjoyed throughout my school years. What I love about math is that it has no limits. It fascinates me. The formula, the theorems, the logic, the euphoria of completing a particularly hot puzzle or the sudden realization of a particular topic clicking into place makes the challenge and the hard work all the more worthwhile. And for this very reason, I got into class Ramsey Theory, Complete Chaos is Impossible. My name is Brian Kramer, and I'm a fourth year student here at SFU in Burnaby, British Columbia. I'm finishing up my Bachelor of Arts in English Literature, and I'm minoring in mathematics. I hope to become a teacher one day and teach both English and mathematics. And so naturally that drew me to this project of interviewing mathematicians and getting to know the the people behind the mathematics. Today we have with us Dr. Yaroslav Neshatril. Um, he is the uh, he is a professor at Charles University in Prague and the founder of the Center for Discrete Mathematics and Theoretical Computer Science and its Applications. Um, we are so, so excited to have you with us, Dr. Neshatrail. Would you just care to say hello, introduce yourself a little bit? Hello, um, it's a pleasure it's on my side. Right? It's very nice that I have an opportunity to talk to you. And uh, it's, uh, it's a noon time at your, your side. It's an evening, not late evening, but it's, uh, I mean, half past eight in the in the PM in, in Prague. In Prague is pronounced it, not Prague. And uh, so uh, I'm a mathematician in the uh, uh, life. As, although I was chairing some computer science institutes and I have uh, as well interest in, in theoretical computer science and uh, even in computer science. And my, my son is actually very uh, computer guy as well. I mean, so... <clears throat> In practical side of it, and uh, uh, I will. I worked uh, uh, the whole life. I mean, in the 
in uh, at uh, at the university. I mean, although I not uh, all the time at uh, in Prague, I I studied uh, in Prague uh, my undergraduate study, but uh, then I I spent some time in Vienna and. And then I spent, uh, I was in Canada, I mean, I've been a, and uh, was at McMaster University in Hamilton. And, mm. uh, and then I, then I finished my, uh, my study, while returning home, I finished my study in, 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 in Prague. And, uh, and then uh, for a long time, I was just working in Prague. I always had uh, some seminar for young students and which I enjoyed very much. And I, in Prague, I had extremely good students. I mean, and certainly if I was lucky in my life, I, I had a very good students and uh, which uh, gives me a great pleasure. And, uh, and then, so I was slowly, uh, going in the ranks, I mean, so, uh, becoming professor some 30 years, 30 years ago, and uh, and uh, I I by now I I should be re- retired, but I'm not retired yet. So, what inspired you to become a mathematician? Was it a specific moment or a culmination of many things? I think it's a combination of many things. I mean, I, I somehow didn't have a problem with mathematics. I sort of like it. My mother was was teaching uh, teaching in the high school mathematics and natural sciences, but somehow she was not. Uh, I, she never taught me, and and uh, and somehow she was not uh, say pushing me to mathematics or to natural natural sciences. I mean, if she was uh, somehow, she was observing me, of course, and she was influencing me, and uh, I like her, and uh, uh, but uh, but she was uh, encouraging, for example, my uh, artistic ambitions, you know, and so so she she take uh, to care uh, for for this side, and uh, but uh, somehow I. I, I I didn't I like mathematics and uh, which was uh, I could uh, I was always uh, best in the class <laughs> it and and uh, so uh, when I had to decide um, I went to the high school and then after high school and I had to decide then somehow that naturally appeared as uh, as one of the options right so although it was not the first option but I mean then it was as option and. Uh, and I went to do, it's a f- funny thing. Uh, uh, I was deciding, maybe this will be, you will like the story. And uh, uh, I was deciding where to go in the year 63. And uh, in 63 uh, was uh, somehow uh, a period and years, which was quite optimistic concerning the, space and concerning the atom yeah right and there was a new a new new university or a new technical university founded in prague which was a, which had a faculty of nuclear engineering right and that was somehow regarded as very top of the line or as a, as a good and i was seriously thinking that i should go there yeah and uh, but I somehow didn't know whether I would like to study physics or mathematics. Mm. And, uh, 
And uh, so uh, if I would study, go to this nuclear engineering, then I would study physics, basically. And, uh, and uh, if I would go to university, I could study physics and mathematics, or I, I don't And then my teacher, which somehow uh, like me or which uh, whom I believed, he said, Yarik, I mean, if you cannot decide, then go to university because at university you don't have to decide for for two more years, because at that time the physics and mathematics had the first two years in common, and they were you had to decide what you will do as a major only after two years. Right. And, and, so I, this was basically the only reason why I went to university and then I studied mathematics. So then then, then it was serious. I mean, then it was not just, I, I had a good teachers and good colleagues and I started to work intensively from the first year. Yes, and clearly it's, it's worked out quite well for you. You now have published over 300 academic papers and nine books. How does it feel to look back on such a breadth of work in mathematics? That takes, uh, that's life, you know. So, I mean, uh, numbers uh, don't matter, right? It matters whether, whether there are any which are good or excellent. And uh, so it's, it's uh, um, I mean, this, when, when you, when, you are evaluated these days for some distinction or for some grant, important grant. You are supposed to list uh, 10 best papers, which you, you yourself select 10 best papers. Of course, it's some information that if you publish a lot, or if you have many publications that you are active and that you, you did... Uh, well, you did many, uh, you try to work in various areas, you know, but uh, but it's just not, in mathematics, this is not uh, the most important. The mm. number is not the most important thing. I mean, many of these works is as well uh, with uh, co-authors and it's sort of expressing that uh, uh, rich scientific life or uh, active scientific life, I mean, I would say, yeah. yeah. Right. So do any of your papers stand out as a particular favorite, either for uh, the experience of studying them or for the result that came of them? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, mean I, I wouldn't say that I, I know I could recite <laughs> all of them, or that even I don't, under, I don't remember what, uh, what, uh, what is in them, you know, at some of them. But uh, some of them I have a very, uh, very, very strong uh, feeling, and uh, and that either that it was uh, it solved some problem, which somehow or it raised some interest immediately, or mm. uh, so, so many. Uh, yeah, I would say that I I have some. Uh, 15, uh, 20 papers, which I like, which I like, and which if if I would be asked, you know, for some, uh, some uh, to supply somehow the list of those which I like, then I, I could, I would, I would put them down. Yeah. Awesome. And are there anything, aren't any problems in Ramsey theory that you're currently working on? Or you mentioned you're the chair for a board of a grant. Does that take up all of your waking moments right now. Oh, no, no. Well, uh, besides, I think that uh, 
this uh, the work on the Ramsey and uh, is uh, is a part actually of this uh, big grant. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's not uh, uh, not uh, disjoint from it. I mean, yes, uh, I do. I I have a, a group. Uh, Small group in in Prague, my my former students and uh, and my academical grandchildren and uh, about some uh, three four people with whom I'm working very intensively. We are still writing. I'm still part of the team, is writing papers and uh, and uh, we are trying to. Uh, we have a big project which we would like to accomplish and. Uh, some of the old problems are still still there, and uh, it's working very well. So that uh, yeah, we, we actually publish quite a lot of papers. If you go to Google Scholar and you and uh, my, my chief collaborator is my former student and my colleague now at the at the university, uh, Jan Hubicka. Uh, Hubicka. Uh, it means little mouse. Check <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Hubicka, and uh, he is uh, he's very good, and uh, and he's full of energy, and uh, he's not so, so young anymore. He's uh, he's uh, end of his thirties, but <laughs> but uh, it's a pleasure to work with him and to to organize a life, a mathematical life with with him. Yeah, so there are problems. Uh, we, we are trying to characterize. Uh, so-called Ramsey classes, and uh, and uh, that's a problem which was which started to be isolated in the beginning of 70s, around 73, 75, and uh, and uh, it's not yet completely accomplished. I mean, so, oh. and, it, uh, and there, are, there are other people in the board which are working in the line actually. Yeah. Which, would, which only we would be interested, other people are interested in it. So this is important aspect, right? You, you cannot just work on something which nobody cares about. I mean, you have to work on something which, which people would like to, other people would like to solve. <laughs> yes, and it seems like so much in Ramsey theory is has that connectivity to, to other areas and lots of people are interested in it. Yeah. Through it's a very nice area, but uh, and generally, mathematicians like Ramsey theory because it's uh, nice results there, deep results, and it has a lot of applications. I mean, and uh, it's somehow penetrating other fields. It often happens that there is some argument somewhere, and, and people use uh, or discover <laughs> independently some part of Ramsey theorem because it's convenient. Uh, or they need it. Yeah. So we've talked to a few different uh, mathematicians at this point who have all worked with uh, Dr. Paul Erdos at uh, different times. And we understand that you also have uh, an Erdos number of one, having written several papers with him. What was it like for you to work with Erdős? Uh, if you have any anecdotes or stories, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Erdős uh, was a source of infinitely many anecdotes and infinitely many stories. I mean, and uh, uh, but uh, but uh, 
but first of all, he was a great uh, man and great scientist, you know, and uh, many, many of his uh, peculiarities, for example, which some journalists uh, overblow his special language, you know, he, mm. he liked to call little children epsilon, and he liked to call uh, wives a boss, you know, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and he liked, uh, if, he, if something, uh, he, he liked, uh, uh, to call God uh, supreme fascist, you know, <laughs> and uh, so he had a special vocabulary which, uh, which some people uh, say that he couldn't speak, almost like he couldn't speak, but actually this is not true. I mean, he he was just uh, 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 his way of communicating with friends and with, uh, with people he, he liked, you know, and uh, so, I mean, he typically came, you know, and he said, uh, I mean, do you have any new epsilon? And uh, we understood that he mean baby. He said, no, no, I have just uh, one son, you know, as the last time. And and where is your boss, you know? I said, well, uh, she's outside. Uh, she, she will come tomorrow. And he was very, you know, smiling that uh, things are as, as they should be. <laughs> so, so he was, but of course, he Many, many nice stories uh, with him. He, he liked, uh, he, he liked to stay with friends. I mean, mm. he, and he, so he stayed in our house. I mean, quite often. I mean, uh, and uh, there is a nice story that we were living in a family house, but on the we had uh, two floors and. Uh, and on the on the on the top floor, he had a, the, uh, when he stayed with us, he he stayed in one room, and uh, and then we somehow remodeled the house, and so we decided that we moved him to the different room, yeah, and and when the next time he when he came, that he did when he was not uh, present, and then he came and uh, my wife who. Uh, and she very you know she's mathematician, so she knew very well who is Erdes, and she liked him. And see, so she pointed to to his uh, to uh, this other room, and and Paul was uh, sitting uh, in the room and was uh, was uh, uh, nice as always. And then after the dinner, he said, "May I see my room? You know, <laughs> so my old room. You know." <laughs> He was thinking he wanted to see the old room in our house when where he was staying before, and he called it. So next time, actually, we we moved him again to the old room. <laughs> so that he would he would feel he would feel more happy. <laughs> it's so interesting, a little bit of a creature of habit in in that way. He was extremely kind person, which mm. is uh, very. Uh, uh, modest and uh, and he I mean he went, I, I knew him already of course I knew him I met him first time in 69 which is quite old quite a long time ago of course and uh, and that, that was actually in, in Canada in a, there was a big meeting in Calgary and uh, in the in the summer of uh, 1969 and and he was one of the stars of the conference and uh, I, I proved some little result, which was, uh, which I, uh, which I published then. And he, but he fortunately was interested. He knew about it, and uh, so, 
he wanted to talk to me and I was, I was, I was very happy and uh, it was a very privileged moment um, and which I, uh, I was very happy that I could, I could, I could speak to him <laughs> and, uh, and then that started and then the next year and, uh, and a few years later he came to Prague and, uh, and then was coming quite regularly and uh, oh. here. But he was coming to other places. He was, as people say, wandering scholar, which was uh, traveling around the world all the time. I mean, so I mean, he somehow didn't have any, any somehow permanent position, I mean, or permanent place. I mean, he traveled with a suitcase and all his things were in his suitcase. Yeah, it was <laughs> very unusual and uh, yeah. Yes, the uh, the mathematical nomad. Yeah. yeah, but he was very very nice, very nice. And for example, he was a man who was encouraging every mathem mm. every mathematician. Which he, I mean, he he tried to help people. I mean, so so for example, when he was uh, when he was in Prague and when he was speaking to some. Uh, to some people which were, uh, I mean, in the academy or at the, at the, uh, the organization, administration of university, he was always talking very nicely about uh, about uh, about us and to, mm. in the effort to help us, I mean, to help us so that we, 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 we are treated in, in, a, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I understand that you've done a bit of traveling yourself during your studies and have spent uh, some time uh, here with, at Simon Fraser University and uh, you're quite close with a member of our faculty, Dr. Pavel Hell. Um, what has your experience been like in coming from Czechoslovakia to Canada to study math and in working with Dr. Hell? Well, that's, uh, I mean, you, you are asking basic questions and they are, I mean, complex, and uh, they are asking, "What was my life, right?" <laughs> so, right. but uh, uh, but just to say it, uh, I knew Pavel Hell from uh, from early from the first year of our studies in Prague. I mean, there was uh, at that time uh, things are different now. There are much more people study mathematics, or uh, at that time. When we came to university, it was 64. There was no computer science, of course. I mean, mm. computer science as a subject started only in everywhere in the world, uh, something uh, 71, 72. I mean, so that there was, uh, or 70 in 70s only. And uh, so this was, uh, uh, so I, uh, so this, uh, we had a small study group, which, uh, at that time, the students were divided in small study groups, and uh, and one of the groups was then called mathematical analysis. That was just uh, consisting from eight students, and uh, and all my all my all all people from that group became good mathematicians. In a sense, it was a very good group, cool. and uh, so I knew Pavel Hell from there, and uh, and uh, but. Uh, as well, sixties was somehow the uh, favorite as many, in many countries in the world. Somehow was a favorite uh, atmosphere. I mean, it was in a way liberal, and uh, I think it was liberal in Canada and US as well. And uh, and uh, 
and then at the uh, and the 60, 68, I mean, the things we became very free. And so we were dreaming that we should go to study abroad. Right? And, uh, and so we, uh, we just uh, legally went to study, study to, to Canada. And, uh, uh, and uh, this, was, <laughs> uh, this was natural in a certain sense, because our uh, our teacher, uh, Professor Alex Poulter, who is still alive, uh, was actually visiting professor at McMaster University. And so oh. actually, through him, actually, we, we got a contact and we, we somehow uh, wanted uh, to go to study. Uh, we, we somehow uh, uh, finished equivalent of bachelor degree in Prague, I mean, after and uh, so we, we came to Canada for the study of uh, master degree for graduate study. And, uh, and that worked in this way. In the meantime, we were in, we were in Vienna for a half a year and then, then we, which was as well a nice experience. And, uh, and then we came for uh, in, before at the end of 68, we came to, to, to Canada and studied together at McMaster University. And, it was very nice and and uh, so I like it very much but I mean then the situation in the, in the Czechoslovakia changed and uh, so you have to decide what you I mean you what you have to do somehow permanently it was not a question whether you or you will stay another year or another few few months you had to decide forever and uh, so I mean uh, well, and then at that time I, I decided I, I will I want to go home, and right. uh, so I, I I went home at at uh, at sixty nine. Power power state, but we had always a contact, you know, and uh, we're continuing writing papers together, and uh, we wrote a book book together, and um, and still still we now Pavel has an apartment in Prague, and so so it's a I mean it's a. I wrote a nice, if you are interested, I think I wrote a nice article. One shouldn't speak that about a nice article, but I say even Powell was 60, I wrote a book, uh, I wrote an article which is called, uh, I, I searched it for you, it's a, a surprising permanence of old motivations, in brackets, uh, a not so rigid story, and it's in Discrete Mathematics 2009. And it's sort of describing this story, and there are even some pictures. I mean, so of uh, of the, this of somehow of our, of our adventures together. So, oh. and there is well, some days as well some mathematics. So, yeah, that was when Power it was published in two thousand nine. I think that he, he was sixty in two thousand six. But I mean, it always takes a little longer to uh, before it gets published. Yes. Well, I'm very excited to, to take a look at that and I'll make sure we have that in the show notes so our listeners can see that as well. And I, you mentioned that computer science wasn't really uh, a field until in the 70s. Um, and you and Dr. Hell were, in a way, pioneers of the field of theoretical computer science. What led you towards that area of study? Well, I think it was uh, nothing special for us. That was simply in the air, you know. So, 
you know, they, this is, uh, I mean, we, I think uh, we were, my generation was fortunate that it really lived through this unbelievable development, you know, and uh, the, I mean, can you imagine that there were no computers, you know, so, and so that's, a, for example, there is a thing that, uh, uh, oh yeah, that's, that's interesting to know. Uh, when I started to study in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Prague, and then uh, my father, of course, uh, was following it and was, and he, uh, so he wanted to be nice to me. And he gave me as a gesture, he gave me his typewriter. Yeah, he had a typewriter, I mean, which was very portable, small one. I mean, and now it's, uh, I still have it. It's a sort of uh, antiquity, you know, it's uh, probably had some value. It's, uh, it's from, I think, 1975. <laughs> so he had a typewriter and he gave it to me because he was thinking that I will use it. And in fact, I use it, I mean, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, this is how we were, uh, everything had, has to be written on the typewriter, you know, and if you wanted to make corrections, then you were uh, using some big, big, uh, white liquid, you know, to change, to change the letters and, uh, or you were uh, pasting uh, or gluing some pieces of, uh, there was no Xerox, for example, so that's right. it. So everything had to be somehow original. So it, uh, the scientific publishing or submitting paper was uh, was uh, was uh, very very different from now. And and then and this is what I want to say. When I when I came uh, when I was in uh, in the at the end of eighties when I was still in in. Um, when I, I think it was in Chicago at that time visiting, then I bought a nice, comp a nice semi, uh, nice typewriter, which was still traditional typewriter, which had a screen, you know, so that you could uh, was somehow. Uh, it was not a computer, but it was. Uh, it had some little features. I mean, and uh, I think it was Brothers uh, or whatever the, the company. And I bought it because I was thinking that uh, that it is useful for me. And then the situation within a few years changed completely that I right. could throw it, I could throw it out, right? So <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I have at home I think three typewriters, and uh, they, I mean, I I'm sentimental not to throw them away, but uh, but I mean they will be never used. And as I showed them to my son, and he was laughing, you know, he was just interested that, that there are some handles moving, <laughs> you know. So there was uh, things things really changed. I mean, so. Uh, I mean, not to speak about the mobile phones, but I mean, this really that the society became saturated with uh, computers that is everywhere that you cannot live without it. It is not just, uh, I mean, of course there were computers, but there were compu one computer at the department at the whole university, or somehow you need uh, you needed permission to get to it, or you, I mean, it was it was probably like uh, today if you want to. Do some supercomputing, you know. Do as well. You, you have to uh, get some paperwork to get access to it, right? So, but uh, yeah. at, that, uh, at that time, it was uh, so. So that was. Uh, but it was clear that something is going on, 
And somehow this idea that you speak about complexity, right? Uh, that you speak about that how how complex it is uh, it is uh, uh, to solve something or how many steps, you know, and. Uh, uh, is it an ice storm from the computational point of view that people started to uh, feel and that uh, that was in the air. And uh, I think uh, that influenced, I think, everybody uh, who was who started, who finished his uh, study around 1970. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, and then, of course, came, I mean, this uh, for example, the influence of this NP completeness and uh, mm. and uh, things which uh, really popularize it in the white uh, white public and uh, and uh, simply it became a trend, right? So so we were we were fortunate uh, we were fortunate to be uh, there at the beginning, right? So that's uh, mm. I think that if you uh, there is a nice book now. Uh, no, a nice book by Giorgio Ausiello, who is uh, who is uh, uh, who is uh, uh, one could say father of the computer science in Italy, and he was a professor in Rome, and uh, and he wrote a book about the computer science in Europe. Yeah, at, at the early history of uh, computer science in Europe, and. Uh, and basically, this is dominated by people of my generation, actually. So that's a, yeah, so, so I mean, people who were uh, born in in forties, I mean, are somehow people which uh, got there and at the at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. That's it's so the cool. same. That's a, it's the same in in uh, in US. I mean, so that, or in Canada, right? It's just this first generation people of the who were uh, working in theoretical computer science. And, yeah. mm -hmm. Of course, Donald Knut is older, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, not much. <laughs> yeah. So what led to you founding, uh, Dema I think it's Dematia, the, the Center for Discrete Mathematics and Theoretical yes. Computer Science? Yes. Well, uh, this is... Uh, uh, that is as well was a kind of natural. Whenever I somehow traveled, I mean, I, 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 uh, I then, of course, use some political reasons. I couldn't travel for some time, you know. But at the, at the, at the eighties, I mean, so after some fifteen years, uh, then it was possible. I mean, because again, the situation became uh, better, and uh, so whenever I was traveling, I always try to. Uh, to use, or if I learn something, I have seen something nice, I try to implement it uh, at home to, to make our life better. And I was very much influenced by, by the DIMEX uh, uh, structure, at the, which was part of uh, 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 the uh, Rutgers University in New Brunswick. And, uh, and uh, is still existing, the DIMEX, uh, although it is a bit different, I think it's uh, somehow the 80s and 90s was uh, star time of the of the DIMEX when they were uh, pursuing uh, uh, theoretical computer science of the highest quality and had the resources. I mean, they, they have some large grant from NSF uh, and uh, 
I, I knew very well the director of, uh, of the, the Fred Roberts at that time and, uh, and, uh, and Ron Graham at the Bell Labs. He was at that time not in San Diego, but he was at Bell Labs, which is nearby, you know. And uh, uh, so that was somehow the New Jersey was my, uh, my uh, I, I spent there quite a time and I was there quite often. And uh, on invitation, or on Graham mostly, or uh, sometimes for the Roberts. And uh, so I like this uh, dynamic structure. And when uh, then I simply created it in Prague too. I say European Dymex. I mean, and uh, and uh, and a smaller scale, but we get some support for it. And the di and this Dimatia still exists, and it's taking care. Of, about these uh, large conferences and uh, these Eurocomp conferences, and uh, it's uh, give, uh, giving uh, um, the annual prize for European Prize in Combinatorics, and so it works very well. And uh, I think it was, uh, it was. Uh, it, I mean, it's a different thing that if you, you in many institutions, if they get the money. You create some structure, but if you do, if 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 your uh, uh, grant disappears, then the structure disappears too. But I mean, this Dematia exists. You know, it exists for thirty years almost by now, and uh, it is uh, it is a part of the structure of the university, and people get used to it. And uh, mm. I, I think it's a, a great benefit to uh, to us. I mean, so. Yes, well, it, but it, it came naturally because I have seen that it works somewhere else. I mean, so. Yeah, and it seems like there's been so many positive outcomes from the initiative that I'm glad it exists. Yes, yes, I think it is. Uh, I think it is a good idea always to organize uh, some something like it, which uh, which uh, which has. Uh, uh, which doesn't, it's not the department, it's a service. Uh, it's a, like a conference center, right? So it, it should serve, help uh, researchers, you know, to organize things and to, to help them to, uh, uh, to fulfill some ambitions which they otherwise would be difficult to, to make. I know that you've done a lot of work in the connections between art and mathematics. Um, do you think there's more room for work in this field? And what's what's that been like? What what are the connections? There are many, in fact. I mean, and uh, so one should say that I uh, I always like art, and uh, and uh, I studied it. I mean, I wanted mm. actually to be a painter, or I wanted to go to actually to the uh, to Academy of Music, Academy of uh, Film, Film Academy in Prague to study, and but somehow it didn't work out. Uh, somehow I, I had a feeling that I didn't have uh, much encouragement around me around for it, and, and as well I wasn't uh, completely uh, convinced that uh, I should uh, I should uh, I should do it. But I I even sent applications there <laughs> to to the to the school, and. Uh, and uh, so I, I studied privately the, uh, art uh, for a long time. I, my mother, when she has seen that I can, I can do it, that I'm good in art, 
that I can I can uh, do nice pictures. <laughs> and so she uh, she she organized uh, private lessons of some professional artists. Uh, so I had, oh. I was visiting uh, some five years. Uh, uh, important years when I was a teenager, I was visiting regularly my teacher and he was talking to me and we were uh, doing art together and uh, showing me the tricks. And so uh, that that I I like. And then of course, uh, I mean, being a scientist, I didn't have a time for anything. Uh, but uh, but then, then I uh, somehow, uh, was fortunate to meet some people from art who were uh, who who were interested interested what uh, what the mathematicians can say about the art and what uh, what, uh, what uh, and I was collaborating with a leading artist of of my country and we had exhibitions and we had paintings together and so I returned to it a little bit and uh, now I have seminar. Uh, with, uh, with a former director of National Gallery, we have a seminar about uh, uh, which is about uh, we call it interdisciplinary seminar of topology and poetry and uh, in uh, in uh, in architecture and uh, and the landscapes. And it's a quite um, interesting thing, which meets regularly every month and. Uh, so I am still actively pursuing it. I mean, and, uh, oh. and I like to. I always liked philosophy and uh, this type of thinking. And uh, so I'm only happy that uh, that I can work and I can collaborate with people who are who are, who are coming from those from those fields. I mean, so mm -hmm. and for this you need a little bit. Uh, Little bit uh, old age, a little bit because uh, it's a it's a, because these people otherwise they wouldn't believe me, right? So the, you mm. need to somehow that they have to know that it's something behind you, and uh, they otherwise they were thinking that oh, this is some crazy amateur mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> It's just uh, having uh, crazy questions. I mean, so, but I mean, if you, yeah, they have to. I mean, for the they have to have a mutual, a mutual trust, which is. Mm. Uh, it, but this is a general comment. If you want, if you people from really different disciplines are working together, then to, to create trust and somehow this really. Uh, meaningful collaboration is very difficult, I mean, so, right. and you can you can you can be very happy, and you can speak about the luck if this happens. I mean, so that's, uh, yeah. we were talking to uh, when we were talking to Steve Butler, we started talking about arts and uh, you know music um, as well, and uh, <clears throat> he himself pointed out like one of Bach's uh, very like captivating composition. It can be like played on a Mobius strip. And then we were talking about the relation between arts and Ramsey theory and mathematics. And in the end, he said, sometime it's just a coincidence. There's nothing more to it. It's just a coincidence. Do you hold the same opinion that, you know, um, the relations that we see in art and uh, uh, mathematics, obviously, like you said, there's no, technically, there is no connection. Do you think these are just coincidences or there's something more to it? Well, uh, uh, well, that's a very good question. Yeah, 
and uh, and I was actually, and I am thinking about it uh, quite a lot, and uh, of course I'm in uh, this uh, on many. I would I would uh, answer or I I would say uh, that uh, somehow both is of course true. I mean, the, in many. Uh, uh, when the people speak about uh, art in uh, or uh, uh, mathematics in art or whatever, it's usually very superficial, and it's usually just coincidences, you know. So that was, and uh, or or I would say superficial analogies. I mean, so, but uh, but uh, but uh, but the mathematical thinking is example of of the human activity which is very deep right so it goes it's a really example of things which is opposite to opposite to superficial i mean so if you i mean i mean my favorite trick i mean if i have a new student and i i gave him a book and i i say i say i tell him that he should concentrate or five pages from from page 25 to 30, right? And sometimes it happens that he comes in in one week or, or one month back, I see, and said, I finished the book, I, I read the book. And, and this is for me, then I have to see, tell him that, no, that, that he should better concentrate on these five pages, I mean, and he couldn't read the book. I mean, this is mathematical book. This is not a novel, you know, it's, a, it's, not, a, it's not Balzac, you know, so which you can read, you know, in the, and it's somehow, uh, even Balzac you can read, of course, very deeply, but I mm. say, but I mean, you would say mathematics, you, you cannot read, uh, if you read it superficially, you have, you have nothing. I mean, so it's, uh, there's nothing superficial. You have to, you have to try to understand. And if you try to understand, then the face is a lot. I mean, it's even too much, you know, sometimes two pages is enough, you know, it's, uh, it's too much. And so, um, so I, I, on this, uh, but artists and in art, and in fact, in any, uh, in uh, many activities, human activities, there are aspects which, uh, which uh, share this, uh, this depth and this, uh, this approach. I mean, I mean, of course, philosophy is like it, you know, that I mean, the philosophy, I mean, which is constantly asking questions, you know, and everything, uh, uh, everything is reflected, you know, it's a, this is as well field where, uh, where five pages can be, can be too much, you know, and, uh, but artists as well like it, you know, the artists, I mean, as well think, you know, they're in their atelier, they are sitting there for ages, you know, and uh, for life, and uh, they are thinking what they are doing. I mean, I mean, of course, that they have to make money, so they produce uh, all kinds of things. But uh, I mean, if you look very closely what they do, and if you if you have access, for example, to their sketches, you know, some intime diaries, you know, and uh, then then you see that actually they and and maybe it was accident, but people which I met in the art, 
uh, they could be mathematicians, actually. They were really, really deep thinking people, mm. which were very serious about what, what they do. Uh, this is, they could be funny and they could do all kinds of nonsense, <laughs> nonsense things, you know, but I mean, they, they, in their approach to, to life and to their activity, they were very serious. So on this level, on this deeper level, I think they are, and this is what interests me, are uh, are the similarities uh, uh, similarities or uh, some things which are in common? So it seems that I mean I even rotate somewhere, but uh, it seems that if you do that some sufficiently deep thinking, then it doesn't matter in which area it is because it's somehow ruled by the similar. Uh, similar, similar rules or a similar. It has a similar features. I mean, so and we, right. this is not well understood, and uh, that's what understands me. We're coming close to the end of our time, and so as a final question, we'd love to ask you if you could go back in time, without breaking the laws of physics and all that. But if you could go back in time and speak to your younger self, what advice would you give? Oh, I, uh, I, don't, I don't like to give advices. In particular, I think to younger people, one shouldn't give uh, uh, advices. I think that uh, I would think the, uh, you just take life as it is, and I mean, maybe you are lucky at some moment. Maybe you are not lucky. It depends what you do with. Life. But, uh, but of course, I mean, the, I think the role of the teacher. I think on the other hand side, it's the principal exactly in the, and that was principal for me. I was extremely lucky to meet uh, good people at early in my early in my career. I mean, both in Prague and then Erdes, and not only Erdes. For example, I was uh, I was uh, influenced uh, very much influenced by Ron Graham, which was a, a friend of uh, of uh, Steve uh, Butler Butler too, and uh, I think by his style of uh, of, uh, of approaching problems, and I considered him as a perfect American manager. I mean, who was somehow I, I remember. And that how uh, I, when I had some problems, you know, and I was explaining the story that something does work, you know, and not mathematical, some there are some obstacles, you know, from, and then Ron, Ron Crane, and I said, Yarik, uh, uh, take it easy, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and that, that was really absolutely helpful, and that was a, a really giant lesson, you know, which he, which, uh, which, he, which he gave me. So I'm trying to, uh, I, I don't think, uh, uh, I think uh, I am telling the students that they should uh, take their time uh, seriously because uh, there is no other time like to being a student. I mean, particularly if you are a graduate student or a, it's a really precious time. So, uh, there will be no time again when you will have no duties and you will have just just the research you know and you will and you will be working on yourself and and you and you you have to improve yourself so you should concentrate on improving 
themselves uh, uh, that uh, uh, I mean the being a student means that uh, you really have no have no no duties you know the, this is uh, uh, and uh, so it means that you can do what you want I mean so uh, whereas if uh, uh, if you are older, then you have many duties, of course. I mean, you, you are embedded in your complicated family, of course. You have children and grandchildren, which is, of course, beautiful things, you know, but uh, but it takes time, you know. And you, of course, you are taking a lot of administration or a lot of social duties. I wouldn't say administration. I don't mean it wrong, you know. You, you have other duties which are coming from your status, from the position. For example, you write infinitely many letters for, for your friends and for the, for the young students. You know, many people write you whether you would be willing to support them for their application, for the job, for the application, for the scholarship, for the postdoc, you know. That takes a really lot of, a lot of, a lot of time, you know. So I don't know, I'm writing probably, I don't know. I don't know, I do count it, maybe. 30, 50 paper, 50, 50, uh, 50 uh, recommending letters per year, probably more. I mean, so that uh, it is, uh, it is a big work. I mean, if you want to, and you want to do it seriously because you, uh, you want to people succeed. If you write for somebody, you want him to succeed. And in many cases, you know him and you think, and even based from the, uh, from the documents, you see that these are good people which should be supported and which should uh, succeed. And so you, you you want to do this job. And so there are many things like that. Uh, but I mean, then uh, so, uh, still, I mean, in the in the, in this early time of your career or of your study, it's important that you collect enough material and enough strengths and if you have experience i would say scientific experience experience uh, so that you can then use it and you can uh, you can uh, that will, because later on you will have no time right you will you will be working uh, you will have to work much faster <laughs> it's uh, that's much and i am trying to if I, I think what is important and uh, to give uh, the, the important aspect is to be optimistic. I mean, to, to, to have courage. I mean, to, uh, to, to be, uh, to have self-confidence. I mean, so people don't realize that mathematics is really a bad subject in a certain sense that, uh, that you are unsuccessful the whole year. Whole, whole life, right? So you are all the time want to prove something better, but you cannot prove it. Right? So, so that I mean, I mean, most of the things which you try, you will not succeed, right? right. I mean, you cannot, there are many things you can, and so I, at that time, you need some inner confidence, inner optimism, you know, and uh, and uh, and this is uh, this is this is important. So so you you have to be, you have to develop in students a trust that they can do it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of your your answers and for your time. This has been just an incredible, incredible uh, interview. And 
we we won't take up any more of your time, but uh, just once more, thank you, Dr. Uh, Nes Neshatril. Oh, very good. <laughs> yes. Thank you, doctor. Thank you, doctor. And thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. We hope you learned a bit more about Dr. Nesitrail and his work, as he is a prominent 21st century mathematician. We've been Brian, Amrita, and Anmol. And this has been Ramsey Theory. No strangers at this party. Broadcasting live from the traditional territories of the Tsleil-Waututh, Coquitlam, Skahomish, and Musqueam nations, this has been Ramsey Theory, No Strangers at This Party. This podcast was made possible by the students of Simon Fraser University's Ramsey Theory course, led by Dr. Vaselin Jungic, who is also the producer of this series, as well as funding from the Math Catcher Outreach Program. My name is Aidan Wright. I'm the editor of this project. I currently study at the University of Victoria. The soundtrack to this program is titled Rising Ronald in Memory of Ronald Graham. It was written by Nina Jokic, another alumnus of the Simon Fraser University Ramsey Theory course. Tune in again soon for more of the latest in Ramsey Theory and to hear more from mathematicians working at the edge of human knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you.